You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Anchor Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. We're talking a lot of football, but heck, we still got some baseball to talk about, including a huge tournament coming this way this week. In fact, it's the Tri-State Championships, and an old friend of the program joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline, that being former West Monroe head coach and now founder and owner of T 2D Sports, Ross Blankenship. Ross, how you doing, bud? Good morning, man. It's good to hear your voice again, buddy. Yeah, welcome back to Northeast Louisiana. I got a lot of things to pick your brain about, but we start with that, the, the Tri-State Championships. What is this comprise of this week up in the new uh, Stewarton Complex? So we're bringing in uh, teams from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas. It's an invite-only tournament or a qualifier. You had to win your way here or be invited. Um, so some of the best baseball around, and, uh, you know, I think throughout the weekend, you know, with the 18 and 16 new divisions, you'll probably see anywhere of 40 to 50 college commitment players, college scouts walking around. Um, it's a good event, good baseball, and what better place to have it at than the beautiful Sturgeon, new Sturgeon complex. You know, uh, Mayor Mayor Vern Breland and Terry Ely and the public works guys out at, in Sturgeon have done a tremendous job just getting things ready and completed out there for, um, for this event. So we're excited. Uh, we couldn't be more excited, and I'm excited to come back up to Old God's Country in North Louisiana. Uh, Ross, that complex is still relatively new, and, of course, you heard rumblings down south that they're building this in Sterlington. I know you wanted to get a look at it. What's the biggest eye-popping thing about what's taking place up in Sterlington with this complex? Well, what's, what's the most unique thing to me about it is something that nobody else has in the state and really – the next closest one is, is towards Houston, Texas, and then they're building one in Hoover, Alabama, and it's the, the, the five-plex of the high school-sized field. So um, they really have a vision up there in Sterlington to do something different and not just make it like all the other complexes around. And with the five-plex, there's, there's nothing like that around. It makes it very unique. It allows us to be able to bring events um, at this, of this stature into Sterlington area because of the venue itself. So that's just one of the things now. Now, the, the attention to detail that they've put into there, you know, Kerry Elliott has, has been, you know, hands-on on this project, and I, I can tell you everything that he's done. He's, he's, he's researched it. There's a reason behind it from the size of the dugouts to the layout of the, the viewing deck on top to the turf infields. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the, the complex itself. And we've been to a lot of them, Aaron. We really go to these things. We run tournaments all the way from California to Florida, and Sterlington's complex is um, is one of the best that we've seen. All right. You, you founded this company back in 2014. Before that, of course, you hosted a, a number of tournaments. Why was it important to kind of get into this business and give an opportunity to showcase prospects on different levels throughout the summer? Well, I started running tournaments whenever um, I was coaching high school ball. I actually started running one down in, when I was in Lake Charles coaching. Um, we called it the Southwest Shootout. 
And then when I took the job at West Monroe, we started one there, and we, we ran it at ULM and Tech, and we called it the Northeast Shootout. And then um, from there, you know, the reason we were running tournaments was just because, you know, we, we felt like we could do a better job. You know, we felt like we could give a better experience to the fans, the players, the coaches. And then in 2014, I met a guy named Brandon Magarowski, um, which is our CEO, and we partnered up and we started 2D Sports and we brought in Mike Trahan, which Mike used to be a uh, assistant coach at ULM, UL Lafayette, coached me in college at McNeese, um, and then brought on my brother. And we all kind of have our different, uh, I guess, uh, expertise in it. And from there, we went from five tournaments that summer to 12 to 24, and now this year we'll do anywhere between 80 and 90 throughout the summer. So, but I guess, you know, that we, we're looking at it different ways to where there's, there's teams out there that are looking to get games. There's uh, teams out there that are full of prospect players that are looking to get recruited, um, looking to play top-level competition. So kind of categorizing those and putting them in the, in the right events and tagging it with the college venues. I mean, we, we get the, we're fortunate enough to be able to host at over 60 different colleges throughout the summer. Um, including ULM and Tech, the ones up in North Louisiana. And uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. You know, I got out of the coaching world after last uh, last season was my first season to not be coaching. And um, I'm enjoying being able just to go around, run tournaments, um, visit with coaches, visit college venues. So it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a good ride. Obviously, we have a number of uh, college baseball coaches on the show throughout the season. We've talked numerous times about how – Recruiting has changed. Uh, they, of course, do it during the season, but it's very difficult, of course, to get out of high school games being played at the same time. How is it kind of focused to now the summer and, of course, them getting an opportunity to go to these showcases and to see these players against other elite talent? Well, it, it really helps out the, the college coaches in, the, in an aspect of where they can see, they can go out and they can recruit many different teams and many different players on one weekend. Whereas going to maybe one game and then traveling to another game um, makes it a little tough on them. So, you know, kind of putting all the players in a particular area and cutting down their, their travel and where they can see more players in a shorter period of time. Um, but, you know, they're always going to collaborate and, and recruit with, with the high school coaches. You know, I'm, I'm, I still have a lot of passion and a ton of respect for the high school game, the high school coaches. Um, those are the guys that develop the players. Um, the summer ball coaches, more or less, a lot of them you know, take those players and put them out into the exposure part of it because the college coaches are more available in the summer because their seasons are ended. Um, so, you know, we're putting them all in one place and, and getting all, I think this weekend, you know, we'll, we'll probably see uh, 10 to 15 colleges lingering around, maybe more than that. Um, Ross, uh, being a former high school coach, I know this was a concern of you, uh, how much workload they would have on them during the summer, your players. How do you protect their arms, or how big of a concern is that for these tournaments throughout the summer? Well, it's always a concern as a coach. You know, um, I think whenever when I was in high school um, and the summer ball would come around, I was protective of my players in the sense that I wanted them to go play for a program. If they weren't going to play for us in the summer, I wanted them to go play for a program 
that was ran and, and respected to where you you knew that you know certain arm care was going to be taken care of and, and they weren't going to just roll guys out and throw them uh, and set them on pitch limits and things like that so that when they came back to me or to the high school that they were they were they got a lot out of the summer um, they got their innings in they got their work in they got to go out and compete they got to get exposed um, but when they got back they were healthy so I think it's more or less you know as from a coach's standpoint is putting them in a program with guys that you trust that are running that program Tri-State Championships out at Sterlington's new complex uh, get underway today, and I understand kind of opening ceremonies tonight. Is that true, Ross? Yeah, so we got uh, games will start at, at 2 o'clock out at Sterlington, and then at 7 o'clock we start um, our skills competitions where the 18U and 16U divisions will, will come out and, and, and compete. Um, they'll just turn two competition, a fastest team competition, and then the 18U will end with the home run derby. Um, we're going to feed the teams. Mr. Dan Blakeney is coming out and cooking uh, for all the teams to feed them. And then we're going to have, we're going to end it with a, uh, a fireworks show. Um, uh, Mayor Vern Berlin and them have, have, have brought in. But what I understand, it's one of the best of the best. It's about a 15, 20 minute fireworks show. And they say it's explosive. So, um, but this, uh, this, this tonight, Really, with getting all the teams in and, and, and having them all at the complex and really the atmosphere for those two hours of the skills competitions and the home run derby and the fireworks show is, is, a, is, a, is a fun fun time, relaxed time uh, for the guys to be able to kind of all the teams to get together, you know, and they'll be lingering around, eating amongst each other, competing against each other. Um, so it's fun. You know, we, we used to do an opening ceremonies and we kind of scratched that this year because thinking back of, you know, whenever I was a player and I always kind of dreaded the open ceremony, like just, uh, you know, announcing the teams. It's, it's awesome. It looks great. But we started trying to think of a way that we can, you know, engage the players more and engage the fans more and what better way than getting out and competing against each other. So it's going to be a fun time. Um, we're looking forward to it. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to also thank uh, Scott Pescato with uh, uh, CVB in Monroe. They, they, they do a great job every time we come up of um, helping with um, hotels and, and hosting and um, coaches' gift bags and things like that. So um, it's really going to be a great event, and it's been pulled together from you know, a lot of people in North Louisiana. Appreciate the time, bud. Good stuff, and uh, I'll see you this weekend. Thank you. Yeah, good talking to you, bud. Thanks a lot. Do that. Ross Blankenship, of course, uh, with the Tri-State Championships this weekend out at Sterlington. Opening ceremonies, he said, I say opening ceremonies, and he just said, not really opening ceremonies, more like a skills competition at 7, home run derby 8 o'clock, and then fireworks at 9. Games get underway out there at 2 o'clock today. Should be fun. Good stuff. I got a question for you, a, a fashion question at that. So you talked a lot about what people were wearing at the ESPYs last night. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see JaVale McGee? I did not. JaVale McGee was wearing a suit with roses all, all over it, roses designs, but he was wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> Aaron, what is your opinion? Not going to do it. On fanny packs. Not going to do it. doesn't matter. You, you would never, ever wear a fanny pack. Even on vacation. 
Joe Rogan would be recognized. Yeah, that's Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's like the coolest guy out there, so he's doing it. <laughs> so you would do it just because Joe Rogan's doing it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's 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 opened my mind on fan. The Rock wears them. The Rock. Jake, hey, you've already, Jake, though. you've given yourself up already, dude. He legitimately is the coolest person. You know, America, good and well, so. you're going to have binkies and rattlers and a teething <laughs> that's, that's ring. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'm going to need all those things. Let's get a fanny pack. <laughs> would you make fun of me if I came to oh, the I'd studio? I know. At a game, I would. I'd love to see you. Oh, at a game. Yeah, at a game. Oh, you know, it would be handy at a game. It yeah. would be. <laughs> I'm juggling a lot of things. Yeah. All right. We'll work on that. That would be a great gift for you. Yeah. When's your birthday? Uh, September. <laughs> Perfect. Zach versus LSU. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. 888-993-7762. What are we doing? Are we still uh, talking football? We got our version of the ESPYs coming up. We got lots to cover, And man. A, uh, another remarkable speech for the Jim Belvano Award. Jim yes. Kelly last night. Tremendous. In it out of the ballpark. Without a doubt. Tremendous mm. stuff. Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. Thank you, Ken. On the text line, he says, any man who wears a fanny pack should lose their man card. You going to take Joe Rogan's man card? He's more of a man than all three of us put together. Man, what is up with this uh, love affair with Joe Rogan? <laughs> I'm just saying, you can't doubt his manliness. I think Joe Rogan would disappoint you. You'd meet him in person, he'd be like, yeah. Aaron Joe good. Rogan would twitch, twist you up like a pretzel. He would. Yeah. I'm if just he, being he decided honest, to do that, he would either do that or he would kick you in the Or face feed you elk steak and jalapenos. Hey, he is a big uh, hunter, yeah. and he always puts up food like elk meat that he cooks. Looks delicious. Just saying, if Joe Rogan can wear a, a fanny pack, I think we all could wear a fanny pack. We got a call about fanny packs? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have? Uh, you got Wayne. Tape. Wayne, what's going on? If y'all been talking about it or not, but I've been watching the Tour de France for the last <laughs> two weeks, and uh, now these guys put themselves through a lot. Un- unbelievable endurance these guys go through. You know, uh, we always talk about the athlete, but uh, I got to put them up there in the top two or three. You know, uh, it's a shame the Americans don't do any better than what they do, but uh, I'm pretty impressed with these guys as athletes. What channel is that on? It's on the NBC it? channel. It's on the NBC channel. NBC Sports. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I watched a little bit of it a while ago. But I'll, I'll catch the catch it again tonight. But these guys are unbelievable athletes, man. I, oh, yeah. I don't see how they can put themselves through it. You know, I mean, I, every day, I mean, 100, 110, 115 miles, and they've been climbing the mountains for three days. And, uh, I was telling people all alone, leave leave Ruston and go to Homer and then come back and do it for 21 days and see if you can see what your body's like. You know? uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I'll take my hat off to him. Uh, I certainly do, too. Appreciate the call, Wayne. You we'll flip it over there one day. Tour de France. Hey, did I tell you about the time I rode across to Iowa? They have a huge event there. It's called a Ragbri. No, you didn't. Literally a 10... 10 to 15,000 people do it a year. I was in, in seventh grade, and you literally hop on your bike. You ride about 80, 90, sometimes 110 miles a day, and they have stopping points. And, of course, you put up a tent, and you stay there that night, get back on your bike the next morning, you drive it, ride another 78 hours, miles, 
put a tent down all the way across. It takes about six days. Hmm. I was a seventh grader. Pulled that off. Good, good for you, Aaron. I'm proud of you. There's my biking story, cycling story. Yeah. Uh, well, at least you had one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. You ready to get into this? SB's, uh, yeah, we'll do. Are you going to do better than Danica Patrick? Did she crash and burn with her monologue last night? Yes. Uh, she she had one really good joke, and it was a J.R. Smith joke. But other than that, I was kind of going, ugh. I was getting that secondhand embarrassment, you know? Mm-hmm. All the athletes are just giving her crickets. Mm-hmm. It's like she's she, waiting for you to laugh. She had to come out right away and set the tone and have an Aaron Rodgers joke. She needed to, yes. Yeah. yes. But she missed that opportunity. She didn't take it. I don't yeah. know why. Maybe they were afraid it would be too much Aaron Rodgers. All right. Let, let's get into uh, RSB's version. We're going to go high school here or what? It's just high school. Tabor, if you have some little music as a bed, it probably we need this it. segment. <laughs> Danica Patrick needed it, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go best player? Who, who you got for best player this last high school uh, season? We're talking all sports here, yeah. too. Go yeah. ahead. I, I go Abby Allen. Yeah. I mean, she was uh, named the Louisiana softball player of the year. Yeah. Hard uh, to be- beat that. It's hard to beat that. Of course, the home runs, the, the batting average, everything that she accomplished, um, winning a state championship, the highest classification. Yeah. I you got could Abby also Allen. throw in uh, nominees uh, Malik Wilson Malik over Wilson at Rayville, Slade Bolden. Um, yeah, Slate. Slate was deserving. I, I think uh, Malik Wilson. I, I have more. More. I, I had an internal debate between him and and, and Abby, but ultimately went with, went with Abby. But Malik Wilson, you could argue, just because of Ravel going undefeated, um, him being the anchor of that team. I know they had a lot of great athletes alongside him, but he was unselfish. And, and a player of that magnitude being unselfish is, is quite a. It's a characteristic that I'd like to applaud. I like you that you're having an internal battle between Abby Allen and Malik Wilson. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is consuming your time. Well, uh, we do these segments. <laughs> you're going back and forth. Do you forth want me to just head. not do any uh, homework or <laughs> research and just say? All right. For a breakthrough athlete, who do we have? I went with Cameron Jackson from, from Hainesville. Uh, defensive tackle. He has really come on in the recruiting world. Uh, now a four-star who holds offers from Bama, LSU, uh, Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech. And these offers came earlier this season because, uh, you know, at 6'4", 273 pounds, he was a nightmare for, for teams on defense last year at Hainesville. And so, you know, a lot of people already kind of knew about Joseph Evans. We're talking about Joseph Evans. Well, here comes Cameron Jackson, and he's starting to get the, the biggest offers you can get. Uh, for I agree with that one. For uh, best game, I look at a couple of them. First off, on the hardwood, just the fact when we had number one versus number two, Washita versus Natchitoches Central out there at the Madhouse, uh, it was a wild scene to say the least. <laughs> then, of course, the confrontation the between the two coaches. And then, you know, for the home team to win, Washita, and, of course, the celebration, that certainly has to be in the mix. The two battles. Well, hold on. You're taking out the best part of that game, too, the fact that Willie Pool doesn't play in yeah. the first half and then comes out in the second half and scores 19 points. Because he had the wrong pair of shoes on at the beginning. Yeah. And the coach, of course, says, Jeremy Madison says, no, those aren't what we wear as a team, so you're going to sit the pine for the first half. The guts that he had to have to, to make that decision. Uh, the two battles between Richwood and Sterlington, oh, those yeah. two atmospheres were fantastic. 
depending on what side you sat on, you liked the first game. If you're Sterlington, you certainly enjoyed the second one if you're a Richwood fan. Smash Mouth Football, I think that that became – you know, we'll do a four downs tomorrow, Aaron, where where we'll talk about rivalries in in high school and and what we think can be the next potential great rivalry. A lot of that comes from what we saw from Richwood and Sterlington. I think this is going to be a great rivalry every single year, and it was – Man, it was heated. It got heated, especially when they met up in the playoffs. Um, man, it, the shirts going around and everything else. It, that, that was a big, big uh, happening here in Washtenaw Perry. So last night for best moment for the Espies, the Vikings, and, of course, their fantastic finish against the Saints won. So for best game, can we put a game as our best game, even though our team lost from Northeast Louisiana? I think it has to be the best game. And, of course, we're, we're talking about West Monroe versus Zachary. That game, for those of you who don't remember, West Monroe trailed 20-7 to entering that fourth quarter. They looked lifeless. And all of a sudden, Garrett Common comes in, and he lights it up. And he, he completed all four of his first passes uh, for 79 yards and a touchdown. All of a sudden, they're within a score, and that stadium, as packed as it was, was coming alive. Now, you're talking about chills coming up and down your spine as the, the crowd just got louder and louder. And West Monroe made that comeback. They were down 29-21 with, with less than two minutes to play. And um, what, Max Hunter returned um, returned it to midfield. And then Common went to work. And he hit uh, both Slay Bolden and uh, Cam right on back-to-back passes. And then found Ethan Swanner for the, for, the t- for the score, which was 29-27. They go for two. Of course, they dial up Slay Bolden's number, and it's incomplete. You go back and you watch the replay. Uh, literally, they got a fingertip on it. It was that close mm-hmm. to West Monroe pulling off the great comeback. And, and, and it was it was devastation for West Monroe fans because I think everybody was kind of looking at them and saying, "This is the year they win. They go back to the dome and they win that championship." And obviously, it didn't happen that way. But to see what Zachary went on to do, yeah. and to see what Zachary returns and how Zachary is now the team to beat. Everybody's now chasing Zachary. It, I don't think it makes you feel better. Everybody always says, well, does it make, make you feel better that the team went on to win the championship? I don't think it does, but it does make uh, a potential West Bernard-Zachary matchup this year that more exciting. Our version of the ESPYs continue. High school version of it, Richie weighs in, says even as poor as Danica's monologue was, she's still a better comedian than she is a driver. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I can't break down anyone's driving skills, but uh, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Uh, best team. We, we won't get into this debate again. I say Wasta softball. You say Ravel basketball. Yeah. You can't beat Ravel and, of course, the 36-0 record that they had this year. But Wasta beat every all the champions, all the top champions in the state. Uh, they are undoubtedly the best team in the state when it comes to softball. Is that Star Wars music? How about that? <laughs> uh, Ravel, of course, uh, a tremendous job. What, what more else could they have done? That said... It's not an undisputed title. They're not undisputed best team in the state. You know, in high school football, it's not often that we just have a huge upset. I mean, they just typically don't happen. Especially up here. Usually the games are kind of boring because our teams are beating up other teams. Yeah. But, but leading into this game, Faraday versus Vidalia. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the Mr. Viking over here. Oh, yeah. What did we put the spread at? Or we, you know, hypothetical spread. We said over 20. Faraday was at least 23, 24 points over Vidalia. Yeah. And then the Vikings go out there with D. Faircloth and just a huge, huge monumental win over the Trojans. It, it was shocking. Uh, it was 
they went out there and as Faircloth loves to say, punched them in the mouth at the very beginning, and, and Faraday really didn't have an answer for it. So for that, they had no reason, there was no reason why they should have beat Faraday on that day with the athletes on both sides. But for Faircloth to come back as the full-time head coach and pull that off, thought it was pretty magical. And honestly, I still I said it then, I'll still say it today, I think that ranks up there as one of his best wins ever. Wow. Yeah. That says a lot. It, do, it does, just because they had no they had no reason winning that game. All right, best uh, play. Now this, I had trouble with best play, Aaron. I, I, I don't know if it's just a bad memory. I, I couldn't remember too many plays that really jumped out. I ultimately went with how the Rams, Richwood Rams, won their uh, semifinal game to get to the Superdome. Remember, they, they were down 8-7 to seven with just uh, a couple of minutes left in that game. And, um, of course, Hidari Caesar picked off Kaplan to kind of secure the, the win. But before that, they were down 8-7, to seven, and it was a fourth-and-one call. And instead of going for the field goal, they decided, hey, let's just let's put in an extra blocker. Let's put Spivey in there. Let's, let's try to uh, get people to – let's try to get them to bracket him so we can take away one of their defenders and thus give the ball to, um, to, to Anthony and, and let him go in there and – Anthony Watson and let him go in there and score. And he did. He went untouched and scored. Thus, they were able to win and go to the Superdome. So I put that as the best play. Now, if you have one better than that, I won't argue. But I just had trouble coming up with one play. And, of course, what was at stake that's, for that? That's and it. Just, they were on the road, and that was an incredible and the, the, atmosphere. And the guts to call that but. play when you, when you could have went for a field goal. So, yeah, that, that's why I went with that play. Uh, best comeback athlete, probably no question on this. Brittany Fendel. Who of course out at Washington? Out at Washington, she she overcome, overcame a uh, ACL tear, came back and had two home runs in the same inning. Uh, I think that was either in district player or, or it might have been in the postseason. I can't remember, but uh, she had a tremendous uh, part on that team, on that championship team in the postseason for her to come back after tearing her ACL. Thought that was a no-brainer, like you said. Coach of the year, I go Robert Arvey. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to kind of set it up and, and preview it and say this is going to be the class that gets us there. It's another thing to actually see that come to fruition. We saw that with, with Robert Arvey. And I think it also says something that he was the only coach from this area that, that went and played for a football state championship, which we thought was mind-boggling at the time. We still think it's crazy that Rich was the only team that represented us. Best story. There were a number of them this year. But, of course, uh, Caldwell and the Spartans getting off to just an incredible start. And then the tragedy that they had at the beginning of the year and then mm -hmm. playing for their former teammates. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that, right? That Them starting 8-0 after that. And, of course, we, we, we loved coming on here every week and saying, hey, did you see the numbers Eric London put up this week? So I thought that was cool. I thought that was something that the community, you know, at the time the community really needed something to rally around. And that football team was just that. Best moments, I mean, you could certainly uh, go back to the number of state championships this year. It wasn't as many as we've had in the past. Those are always fantastic. The teams, of course, hoisting up the trophies. But I go back to, of course, a playoff game that we were both at and just to see the reaction from Neville's coach, Lori Gimbelot, reaching uh, the state tournament. Good stuff. The reaction from the fans, the, the players, and the assistant coaches reacting with her. Really, for them to get over the hump, good stuff. Yeah, come close so many times, but to actually get over the hump and, and get to go to the top 28, good stuff. There you go. There's our version of the Espers. But we did it in 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, we actually need to break down some of these awards that were given out last night and also 
we have to have to play at least a little bit mm-hmm. of the Jimmy Valvano uh, award speech last night given by Jim Kelly. Mm. Tremendous speech, uh, something that uh, will absolutely inspire you. Also want to know on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line, should Jake go out this afternoon and buy a fanny pack? He believes he should because Joe Rogan has one. Or you could buy me a fanny pack as, you know, you owe me money for the best that you haven't paid Where do you buy yet. a fanny pack at? Uh, I'm sure you can find one on Amazon, right? 888-993-7762. We're back after this. So do I have to redo the rankings for you, the guys you have a man crush on, and now i got to put Joe Rogan at- Near Lane Kiffin you, status? I told you, and this is for real. Like, I joke a lot about Kiffin and, and others. If I had the chance to meet two people, they would be Larry David and Joe Rogan. Huh. Larry David. Larry Interesting David. pick. He's hilarious. I am a younger version of Larry David. Uh, that is a stretch. <laughs> I'm not funny like him. But I feel the same. I, what was that the show that he had? I didn't, Kirby and Thin- I didn't enjoy that. You're, you're, you're yeah. crazy. It's hilarious. It's it's as funny as Seinfeld to me. And that's why I'm a big fan of All right, quick, quick question. Curb Your Enthusiasm or Gary Shanley? Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. See, I, I disagree. But, I, think but Aaron, I think Aaron might, too. Yeah. But but you agree that Curb Your Enthusiasm is a great show. Oh, abso- right? absolutely. That's why it's a viable question. Mm. Could Larry David uh, host the ESPYS? Well, he doesn't like he doesn't like people, <laughs> <He'll> so, <yeah. laughs> so he he wouldn't want to be there. So you're saying you don't like people either? No, I just um, <laughs> in terms of like doing being in public and stuff like that. Yeah. I agree with a lot of stuff he says about <laughs> that. Like I, I'm with you. All right, so we agreed Danica wasn't very good yesterday. I make the argument that literally that has got to be a tough gig. I mean, that is uh, not her stick and it, the sticker up there. So I was she say, didn't have to do it. You act like they well, marched true. her up there to do the monologue. She didn't well, get she's got to figure a way to get back in the spotlight. This is uh, perfect. <laughs> she's dating Aaron Rodgers, right? That's all she needed. Does to she do. want to play second fiddle the rest of her life? Oh, goodness. Anyway, I think who would be a better host of the ESPYs, and I know a number of them have already done it, but Justin Timberlake, I got one off the top of Justin Timberlake can knock it out. He loves sports. The performer, he would be ideal. I think he's probably already done it before. Nick Kroll would be amazing because he likes sports. He just did the Uncle Drew movie with Kyrie. Uh, he likes sports, and he's one of the funniest people in the world. He and uh, John Mulaney, uh, John Mulaney would probably be high on my list because he's hilarious. John Mulaney just doesn't like sports, so I wouldn't put him in that boat. But both of those guys together, they've hosted a lot of stuff, and it's so funny. They're just naturally funny people. Could Bill Murray do it? I know he did oh, the, yeah. the skit last year, and it, it did not go well. At the well, at, at his age now, it will be a little bit tougher, but maybe a couple years ago for sure. Kevin Hart. I, I think a lot of people would say Kevin Hart, but could, could you handle him? Would they have to send? Yeah, I would like Kevin Hart. I'd also like – I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. The guy off of Parks and uh, Recreation, he did he did that Chicago skit with Bill Murray. Uh-huh. Uh, God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but he's fun, he's a funny guy. He would he would be good, too. Jim joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Maybe Jim could host the uh, ESPYs one year. What up, bud? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, Aaron. I, ain't much, I can't even spell it. Much less it. <laughs> Hey, I know you want to talk about this situation. How 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 do you think Saban handled the media days and, of course, his big quarterback drama? 
exactly the way they knew he was going to handle it. Nick ain't going to tell you nothing. Mm-hmm. It's all undecided. Everything's undecided. And we all know he knows. But it don't matter. I mean, I hate it for both them youngins. I wish they'd both stay and just play together and win a bunch of games. I I hate it for them, but that's college football in the big times these days. It don't happen like that. So should Saban just – I got one question. Should should Saban just kind of bleed this thing along with Jalen Hurts, know that he's got an emergency plan in his back pocket, knows that basically he can tell him, Hey, uh, you got four games, so we can kind of keep you on the sidelines. If something does happen to Tua, we can bring you in. You can be the hero, and you know you can leave literally after the semester. You'll have you'll be a graduate. You can go somewhere else for two years. I mean, Saban's going to have to do a heck of a job with this sales pitch to kind of make this work with Hertz. Do you agree? I agree, and I I also agree with what you were saying. That's the thing to do: graduate. Play this yeah. season, whatever it takes. Graduate, you go anywhere you want for two years. Start over, start right then. Yeah. Right. And Jaden's pretty smart. I, I thought, thought his father was better than he was, but he's running that mouth a little much for me. <laughs> he's kind of like them ball guys, you know. But I got something for Jake. Uh-oh. What's up, Jake? What's up, man? How that baby girl? She's doing great. Thanks for asking. Good. Kept Good him up all deal. night, though. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's part of being a daddy, Jake. But, uh, Jake, you're talking about Larry David. There's a book out there you need to find and read. Okay. And you, you may already have, but it's called Hitchhiking with Larry David. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Did, did he write that or man. somebody? No, he wrote it. He oh, wrote the book. I'll definitely check that out. It's, a, it's about a summary. It, it's uh Martha's Vineyard or whatever that place is up all them rich folks go to. And he hitchhikes all over the island. Takes all kinds of people. You need to check it out, man. It's oh, a real I'm interesting de- book. Thank you for that suggestion. I'm definitely getting on yeah. that. Yeah, it ain't, it's a, just a, a small paperback, but it's really well written. You know, it's, uh, it can be funny when he don't want to be. I expect nothing but, less. Yeah, okay, Aaron. Just remember, Thanks, Jake. Y'all remember now, roll tide. See y'all later, buddy. <laughs> See you, bud. Uh, by the way, uh, Isaiah Bugs getting some nice compliments uh-huh. from Saban yesterday at SEC Media Days, talking about the former Rustin standout, had a very productive year last year, and big things are expected out of him this season. Okay, so Tabor corrected me or, or sent me the name, Nick Offerman, who plays Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. He would be great. We got some other great suggestions from people. Matt says Ryan Reynolds. He would knock it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, Richie says The Rock and Kevin Hart oh, as co-hosts. Oh, yeah. Could they pay that bill? <laughs> that would be an, an expensive uh, mm. co-host there. That'd be awesome. It would be nice. Yeah, it would be good. So uh, I kind of downplayed it yesterday, and then I ended up watching the ESPYs, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, you know, there was some cringeworthy I'll moments with Danica, but, I mean, there were some moments that just made it worth watching. Yeah, I mean, whenever the Pat Tillman Awards and the Jimmy Valvano and, of course, the montage and the, the way they put things together, that is literally the best part of it. Yeah, I always love because cause it's over a year's time, and it's been so long since you've seen the highlights of the Astros World Series. Remember how great that was? To, so, like, just games like that where they play those montages, like, yeah, man, I forgot how great that was. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's something I look forward to just because you celebrate sports. What do we love? We love sports. So. Why would you hate on something a night that celebrates sports? And then, of course, uh, you get Dan Marino up there, and uh, 
John Elway, and they're talking about the class of 83 and the other high-publicized quarterback in that class being Jim Kelly. And then they roll the montage and kind of tell his life story, getting knocked down so many times at the Buffalo Bills. Then, of course, uh, his son, losing his son, and now what he battles with with cancer. I don't think there was a dry eye in the house, let alone any house across the country that was watching at that point. He uh, makes his way up to the stage, and, of course, uh, cancer has taken away a part of his jaw, part of his tongue, and he was able to deliver this speech, and here's a portion of Jim Kelly at the ESPYs last night. Saying makes a difference today for someone who is fighting for their tomorrow. When I look across this arena and when I talk to people, I look up here, you don't need to be a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, to make a difference out there. Every single person in this room can be a difference maker. You can be just a normal person who gets up every morning and goes to work, but you can't be a difference maker. Put a smile on those faces. My kids, my friends, when they came in to see me, not once did they ever have a frown on their face. So I just urge anybody out there, if you have somebody out there who's suffering, it doesn't have to be cancer. It could be somebody not having a good day. It could be your mom, your dad. It could be your grandparents. What you say to them and the smile that you have on your face, that can be the difference in them making it the next day. Remember that. Always, always persevere. Like Jimmy B said, never, ever give up. And to my Bills fans back home, I love you. And to everybody here tonight and to the Jimmy B Foundation, thank you for honoring me and humbling me with this award. I love you all. God bless and may the good Lord continue to bless you. Thank you. Isn't it crazy that those, a lot of times, those who are dealt the worst hand come off as the most grateful? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what that, that's what his whole speech came off as, is grateful, and he took the opportunity to share his message and encourage you to put a smile on your face and help those who are not going through. It just takes a smile. And I also thought it was funny before that he was talking about uh, his friends, you know, longtime friends who – have him in a group message. He said, it drives me crazy, yeah. but I don't want you to yeah. stop because it ma- it makes my day. It makes me laugh. Mm. Then to see his two daughters up there on stage with him, and then there was different shots of uh, Elway and Marino standing up there, and you can literally tell that it, it bothered Marino the most. He was just holding back tears the entire mm-hmm. Buffalo uh, in that shape, but it is nice to see him with that type of attitude. Mm. And appearance-wise, just a shadow of himself. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. But, uh, again, his positive attitude is is, uh, inspiring. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up after the break, our parting shots. Another great act of kindness from the Shack. We'll have that story coming up after the break. All right, we should have a new category for the ESPYs. (laughs) The biggest shocker of the year. Bama Jim. Bama Jim calling in with book advice and Jake taking the advice and then literally three minutes later buying the book over the Internet. The book is on its way to my house as we speak. You never know. $10 book. Why not? It's Larry David. I'm sure I'll love it. Bama Jim's book club. We should start it. Yes. He could come on every week and just read to us, honestly. That would be great. (laughs) 
You like that, don't you? Let's get to our parting shots. Nature, what kind of flim-flam operation y'all running up there, man? Our parting shots may make you think a little. You all speculate and create things, and then you want people to respond to it. Nothing is off limits. Sorry if you're offended by that. Just trying to just trying to be cooperative and help you out. We take aim at some of the bad boys. Oh my! Five one five zero. Oh, somebody call the popo. Pucker up! Ain't nobody got time for that. It's time to show your host some love. Spectacular group of men. You go find them. You throw your arms around them. You give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. Our parting shot. Oh baby, you can have your five hundred million dollar jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was. But I'll take this baby. You want an open update? And I can't call it the open. I hate people that do that. It, it will always be the British Open. Yeah, but apparently golf fans are very uh, meticulous about that. They do not want you to call it. The British Open? No. Oh. that That's like offensive to some. Almost borderline offensive. They act like, I don't know. It seems like uh, the, the type of person that wants takes enjoyment out of correcting others. Oh. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, that would be Matt Reynolds, and he will join us tomorrow to defend the <laughs> Open. He okay. calls it the best major of all of them. He'll make that argument tomorrow. Jake will debate. Can I, can I read FS's uh, text real quick? Sure. Not to interrupt you. He oh. said, I'm personally shocked there are Bama fans who can read. Now, that's not nice. That's not nice. Yeah, it is not. All right. Uh, the British Open update. Uh, Kevin Kaisner is in the clubhouse. He is leading. He is at five under. Tony Fanu, you remember him? He is at uh, four under. He is through 16. He's the guy at the Masters, you remember, celebrated the hole-in-one, jumped up and down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got hurt. He's yeah, his yeah, uh, yeah. ankle. Uh, if you're Tiger Woods fan, he uh, tees off a little bit late. So there you go. There is your British Open update. How's Tony Fanu's popularity, by the oh, way? Oh, it's good. It's good. Great. It's increased. I think that actually helped him. I, well, no doubt. That was the biggest story of the of the Masters for a while. We got a couple uh, odd uh, parting shots here. I don't know if you heard this or not. A former Saint, Jonathan Vilma, will be the studio host on uh, ESL, on ABC's college football coverage. Play some Booger. Yeah, Booger, of course, is going to Monday night football. The Leonard uh, DeRozan trade has been finalized, as you would expect. Popovich saying they're moving on. Doesn't want to talk about it. Typical Popovich, and I'm with him. All-star game, Major League Baseball, 6.5 rating. How does that compare to years past? Same rating as last year. Thrilling. <laughs> I can't fake it. Um, is that all you got for Parton Shots? I got another one, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I, a big story this past week at SC Media Days was Aaron Murray. Now, I'm sure if you listen to this, you've probably heard the story by now, but let me retell it for those who haven't gotten a chance. I'll, I'll summarize it. Essentially, Aaron Murray criticized Jeremy Pruitt saying that he doesn't have the personality to lead a program. And he even said that, or he accused Pruitt of treating former Georgia coach Mark Rick poorly during his time there at Georgia. So Pruitt, of course, is the first coach up, the new Tennessee coach. He's the first coach up at SEC Media Days, and I thought he handled this perfectly. That He was ready for it. They asked him about it, and he said, 15 years ago, I was a kindergarten teacher, and now I'm the head coach at Tennessee. <laughs> you probably don't make that ascension without knowing how to treat people. 
I thought that was great. Now, my personal opinion on this, Aaron Murray, if you're going to make such a statement saying that uh, he's a media member now, if you're a media member and you're going to make such a statement, you need to provide example after example after example. Otherwise, you're just making a blank statement and it's not a good look for you because it's easier for Pruitt to just come out here and say, make that statement right there and you're already, in, in your mind, you're going, well, Pruitt won this little exchange because he doesn't come off as childish, which I thought Murray came off as childish a bit. And he, he didn't he didn't fire back at Murray, but he also let it be known that, hey, I made this rise to where I am today by treating people well. So whatever you said, I'm completely discrediting it. But Aaron Murray, you know, if you're going to take a shot, you know, offer a little evidence. Jake's birthday's in September. We've uh, determined already in this show that we are getting him a fanny pack. So, Chris Plant, he lives in uh, Baton Rouge. He goes out to celebrate his birthday. It's a party of 10. They go to Texas de Brazil. You went there recently. Yes, love it. In Baton Rouge. So, he's walking in, and he bumps into who else? Shaquille O'Neal. So, they have some friendly banner between each other. Plant and his party go to their table. All of a sudden, the manager comes up to him and says, Hey, don't worry about your tab. Shaquille O'Neal has it. Mm. How cool is that? Very cool. Very nice of Shaq. Um, Texas Day Brazil, by the way. If you want to go eat some good meat, that's where to go. And then afterwards, uh, Plant and everybody in his party taking individual pictures with O'Neal. Good stuff. FS says, wait, we're supposed to be nice? Eh, not necessarily. Yeah. Chris says, as long as Bama Jim doesn't read us anything to do with Alabama, right. he'll be fine to read us a book. Uh, what we got going on today, uh, Conference USA Media Days continue. Of course, uh, Sean and Nick Brown are over there. In fact, their show's been bumped up. It will be from 10 to 1 today. SEC Media Days wrap up. What a cast. Auburn, Vandy, and South Carolina up at the podium today. Yeah, Gus is going to put people to sleep. Vanderbilt might have been a little bit more attractive last year because Derek Mason was building a little momentum. That has since gone away, and South Carolina, I mean, we've, we've been there, seen that with Muschamp for years, and I think South Carolina will look pretty on paper, but will ultimately come short in the SEC East. Uh, Bill weighs in. I don't know if his stats are right here, but he says baseball, Major League Baseball, all-star rating 6.5, NBA rating, all-star game 2.7. We'll have to get that confirmed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, and honestly – I believe it because everybody treats the NBA All-Star game like a joke. Yeah. Uh, what we got going on tomorrow besides uh, Media Days wrapping up today, and, of course, we'll have a complete wrap-up tomorrow. What do we got going on tomorrow? We're going to have another four downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have some better questions this time because apparently nobody liked the roundtable question. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I guess I'm alone in that. But we'll let's do a, let's do a high school four downs. Let's take a look at – which district we're most excited about this year. Um, and do we have a new beef between uh, Bastrop and Wasman? By the way, I'm glad you said that or asked that because they are now, after their Twitter exchange, they have now agreed to play next year nice. in the regular season. And I do believe I saw that Bastrop's going to be heading over to Wasman for the scrimmage before this season. So I love it. I love it. If you're able to talk it, you should be able to walk it, and both of these coaches are doing both. Of course, this came from uh, Adrian Burnett putting a, a T-shirt out there then putting it on Twitter that basically that they run 165. Mm-hmm. That didn't sit well with Dean Smith. Yeah. 
What about Lee Doty? Well, we know we know Dean Smith won't uh, refrain from speaking publicly yeah. about it. So <laughs> he do, he doesn't he doesn't care. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.